Today we're going to talk about how to get good game art for your video game, even if you're not artistic. How's it going, everyone? I hope you're doing well. Um, things are a little crazy with all the coronavirus stuff going on right now, so hope you're relaxing in quarantine. Um, welcome to the third episode. It's your host, Zachavelli. Today we're going to talk about how to get good game art for your video game, even if you're non-artistic. I certainly am not, so I'm uh, well-versed on this topic. But first, we got to talk about the uh, Game Idea Jam. So if you remember last week, it was design a game where jumping was the main mechanic, but the genre wasn't a platformer. Um, and this comes from Z Squiggy. He says, all right, game jam idea for episode number two. A platform fighter like Smash Brothers, but the only way to take a stock is by jumping on the other person's head. So this is kind of like a uh, the mechanic in Mario where you jump on the Goombas. This is like a competitive version of that, except for you're jumping on the other players. And I think this is a pretty cool idea. Um, and then that was his first kind of submission, and then we kind of went back and forth about uh, details. And I immediately took it straight into character variety and character design because like one of the best parts about Smash Brothers is all the different characters and how all the different play styles that they accommodate so in this game it'd be really cool to have I think a bunch of different characters and Zsqui agreed and so we went back and forth and brainstormed a few so the first one we talked about was a character that wears a helmet that actually takes two jumps on top of them to take a stock um, and maybe this character moves a little bit slower or something to balance that out um, maybe doesn't jump as high but I like that from a character design standpoint, like a helmet, like kind of a big chonky boy with a helmet that maybe can't jump as high, but can take more um, jumps. And then another one that Z Squiggy had mentioned was a robot that uses electricity to stun opponents and can shield his head with electricity. So that seems like an extremely uh, good character, but kind of like a technically, like I think in Smash Brothers you'd call it a technical. I'm there's someone listening to this right now who knows a lot about Smash Brothers that knows that that's wrong. But, um, yeah, this is kind of like a character that's maybe for your more advanced crowd and not the people who are just going to pick up and play, but the people who are going to master your game and kind of get more to the high skill ceiling. So, yeah, I thought that was a cool idea. Thanks for Z Squiggy for sending in his submission. Um if anyone has like any other character ideas now that they heard this and want to send them to me, I could read those in and uh, read them on air or we could talk about the uh, idea jam from the previous session. It's not so m much important that you get the timing right. Um, I'm just looking for, you know, good content and good ways to go back and forth with the community. So if you want to talk about any other previous game submissions, uh, idea jam submissions, rather go ahead and, uh, 
send me a DM at ZFleming31 or send me an email at Cottage Street Interactive at gmail.com. That's Cottage Street Interactive, all spelled out, at gmail.com. So for the next idea jam, um, it's going to be design a game that a blind person could play. And this is kind of going to go into uh, what we're going to talk about for the most of this episode, which is art. But one of the main points I am going to make, and you'll hear this, is that the art doesn't necessarily make the game. You can have a great game with literally no art at all. And that's where this idea kind of comes from. So you can get as crazy with this as you want. Like if you need to put in haptics, which are controllers that your like body can feel. Um, yeah, make up a game with haptics. But I bet you guys will have some really cool ideas. So yeah, send them in. Uh, again, the submission is at ZFleming31 on Twitter or Cottage Street Interactive at gmail.com. So with that, let's get into the uh, body of the episode. So the topic for today's episode is game art for the non-artistic people out there. Uh, I certainly am one, although I'm starting to feel maybe like calling yourself non-artistic is not the right uh, term for it. Because if you think about it, everybody's artistic, right? Just because you can't draw doesn't mean you're not artistic but a lot of people equate those two things and I certainly did before I started making video games but now that I really think about it and when I've been thinking about it for this episode I think that um, I actually kind of am a little bit artistic just and anyone who makes video games really is just because it's like a creative medium to make you know if you can think up a video game that's fun to play um you're already creative and maybe I'm mixing up creative and artistic, but still, I think those kind of run hand in hand together. So if you're already here, chances are you have a little bit of artist skills and uh, just because you can't draw, don't count yourself out. And that kind of goes with the first point that I want to make, which is don't let the fact that you can't draw stop you from making a video game. As we're going to see in next week's uh, idea jam, there are plenty of video games that are great that do not rely on the art at all. Um, and I know that a lot of people have really good ideas, but they feel like they can't put them out there because the they don't have the artistic skills to, you know, put something out um, in front of everyone. And they kind of feel, I don't know if like shame's the right word or maybe embarrassed, but shouldn't feel that way. You can make an incredible video game with terrible art. Um, I certainly have before and yeah, everything went fine with it. So don't let the fact that you can't draw stop you from achieving a dream. Now, if you're going to make a game for financial success, um, having bad art is most of the time going to hurt your financial success. And that's not always the case. There are some games with, you know, less than good art, but with the amount of games that are on Steam, um, and you've heard me make this point before if you've been listening to the episodes, the art really matters, really because it's the first thing people are going to see before they click any more buttons that might lead to a buy button. And if your art doesn't intrigue them, then 
they're probably not even going to pay attention because there's a thousand games on the screen and some of them have really striking art that look interesting. But we'll talk about some ways later in the episode to have striking art that uh, maybe isn't as hard to make. But one thing you should consider if you're going for financial success is do you know any artists? There are plenty of people on the opposite side of the coin who are great artists, but they can't program at all. And so that's kind of like a uh, peanut butter and jelly type situation. You can put those things together um, and work as a team, and you can end up with a pretty good game because you're both working to your strengths. If you don't happen to know any artists, uh, don't worry. You can, Like I said, you can make the game by yourself, and you can have um, serviceable art. And I'm going to teach you some tips and tricks today so that even if you can't draw right now, you could still have um, striking art for your video game that you're going to release. So the first thing we should consider is um, that 2D art is easier than 3D art. And maybe easier isn't the right word, but less time consuming is probably the less the right word there. Um, and that just simply comes from basically 2D video game making is simpler than 3D video game making. Uh, that's pretty much true across the board. And that's just mostly that's a time thing and uh, the art's no different. It just takes longer to make 3D art than it does to make 2D art. So most of this episode's going to be focused on um, 2D art, although some of these tips will work for 3D art as well. Uh, the next point is there's lots of free art on the internet, but I don't really know if that's a great option. The first reason is that if you're getting art from a bunch of different places, um, kind of all over the internet, then the overall game feel of your game is going to be real messy because you have like different art styles all hodgepodged into one. And we'll talk about art styles and stuff like that later in the episode. But for now, just realize if you get art from 10 different artists uh, attempting 10 different styles, then you're just not going to have a consistent style in your game. The second thing about free art on the internet is licensing stuff. Um, some of that art that you think is free might not be free, and then you're getting into a whole kind of legal thing about using other people's art without credit or pay, and that can be a real mess, so that's why I kind of feel like you should just, unless you have, like, explicit uh, notice from one artist, and that one artist is willing to do all the art for your game, uh, free art off the internet is not a great option. Now, that does come with some caveats. Um, the expectations for your game affect that previous decision. For instance, if this is for profit, if you're making the game to put it on Steam and sell it, um, everything I just said stands. But if you're just making a game that's for fun, just as like a side project, then there's tons of great free art on the internet. And if you're never going to re release it for sale or... If you just want to, I don't know, make a game and not have to worry about the art, then getting free art off the internet is the way to go. But, um, as I said, if you want to 
build onto it later and release it for sale, then you're going to have to go back and change all that art or at least write down where you got the sources and stuff like that so that um, you don't run into, the, into any of those legal stuff, like I said earlier. So now we've gotten this far and we're decided we're going to make the art ourselves. Um, the first thing we want to consider is styles that are maybe easier to do. Uh, and we'll revisit this some more on the next uh, idea jam next week. But the first thing you need to consider is, do you need art at all? There are plenty of games um, that literally have no art component and the graphics are kind of in the mind of the player. A good example of this is text-only games, which are kind of old-fashioned now, but you could still make a really good game that is text-only, and you almost write it like a novel where it's um, really descriptive about the scene around the player, and that could be really cool. Um, I think there's a game called War Sim. I think that's what it's called, but it's basically this really advanced uh, text-based like civilization builder, almost like Dwarf Fortress, um, where you can control an entire kingdom, and it's, it's insanely descriptive and accepts a lot of text prompts from the player, like when you type in stuff. As a lot of it accepts a lot of different kinds of sentences and things that you type in, and that game is like a modern game that's popular on Steam right now. So, yeah, the first thing you should consider is can you get your game idea across without even using graphics? So yeah, that's kind of taking it to the extreme of simple art styles. Uh, is no art style at all, but. Uh, for most people, I think they are going to need some kind of graphics. So let's talk about other simple art styles. The first one is minimalist styles like geometrical art. Um, you see these really popular with mobile games. Um, we've all seen like box jumping games where you, you're literally, the character is a box, a square, and it's kind of like a 2D platformer where you just tap the screen to bounce the box and it goes over spikes and jumps up on platforms and they're usually pretty hard. Um, this works in 3D too uh, with like, just you have like a ball that bounces and you can make really simple 3D levels with just a ball that navigates through um, a level that's made up of rectangles. Or I suppose they would be uh, prisms in this case because it's 3D, but you get the point. So yeah, think about your game idea and think if you can get it across in a geometrical way with just simple shapes like squares, triangles, rectangles, circles, stuff like that. So another style of art that gets mistaken for minimalist is pixel art. Now there was a time when pixel art was a minimalist choice and you could still put it out and it was kind of like a unique thing for games it was kind of like a resurgent of pixel art uh but now i think pixel art is kind of done a lot and in any saturated market it's going to be the best of the best kind of come up to the top the cream of the crop um and to do really good pixel art actually is hard and takes like years and years of practice so because pixel art games are so commonplace now, um, it requires like straight up artistic talent 
to make really good pixel art. And so I don't really think pixel art is a great choice for a beginner because yes, you can make pixel art as a beginner, but to make pixel art that's going to be competitive on a store market as a beginner is going to take a lot of practice. Now, this kind of goes back to what I said earlier. If you're just making a game just for fun, pixel art is actually a really good choice because um, there's lots of guides and stuff online and you can kind of look at how other people have done pixel art and straight up not copy it, but you know do a side-by-side -side your pixel art and their pixel art and that helps you. And really, if you're not going to sell it, you probably could copy it. Um, I just think by copying it, though, you don't really get any practice in. And if you're going to do it, you might as well practice and do it yourself and develop that skill a little bit. So we've decided we're not going to do pixel art. Um, but what is a simple art style that most people can do that we can do? And um, maybe simple is not the right word because this is still going to require a little bit of artistic talent. But it's the kind of artistic talent that I think most people have. Uh, and this is called vector graphics. It's kind of hard to explain, but a, a really good example of vector graphics, like a really high-end example of good artists doing it, is um, the first thing that comes to my mind is Castle Crashers, or there's a more modern game called, um, what is it, Super Block Theater or something like that. What is the studio that makes that game? Behemoth Games. Behemoth Games is the studio that makes those games. So, yeah, go type that into Google real fast, Castle Crashers, and you can see that's vector graphics art on, like, an insanely artistic level. But the nice thing about vector graphics is you can get across what you're drawing um, even without being, like, super artistic. For instance, you could make a stick figure game and everyone's going to understand what what's going on. You're going to have graphics that is relatable unless your stick figures are insanely bad. But as we're going to talk about later, maybe that's like a part of your game that it is <laughs> really bad uh stick graphics. I think <laughs> I start off my games with high graphics intentions and then that becomes part of every one of my games is that they're look like insane abstract art games um so yeah look up vector graphics on google and get some ideas um there's a program called gimp g-i-m-p um that's free and open source and you can do vector graphics right in that and then you can export your jpegs and your pngs or whatever you need and send them straight to unity which as you know that's that's what I use, and uh, yeah, the workflow of that's really easy, straight from GIMP to Unity. So, of course, if you're going to draw your graphics with using the style of vector graphics in GIMP, you're going to need some baseline level of drawing. I think the baseline level that everyone has when drawing, like your average person, is going to be just fine for a game. Um, I think people are better drawers than they say they are or think they are and because it's something that you like show to people you say like oh I'm not good to kind of lower the expectations before you show someone so it doesn't like hurt as much <laughs> when you know it's not as good as 
you think it is. It's kind of like uh, singing. Like we all know people who are good singers that say, oh, I'm not really that good. But then they're like really, really good compared to the average person. And I think art is the same way. And I think most people are better artists than they say they are. So with vector graphics, you're going to be able to get your ideas across. And maybe, you know, if you're going to take this to the market on Steam and stuff, maybe look up some tutorials on YouTube and look at some art already on the internet. The best way that I've um, found to practice, and I've actually gotten better at vector graphics to the point where I could say I am a little bit artistic and I can draw a little bit now. Um, and I did it the old fashioned way by just practicing. But the best way to do it is to find some art that you like and then try to copy it in GIMP uh, in whatever style you want. I started, I originally started with pixel art and then I moved on to vector graphics. Um, and break down that art that you see into its like basic shapes so take take your art that you're looking at and break it down to like okay there's a triangle there there's a circle there there's a square there and draw that in vector graphics and then kind of color it in the way that you see fit and yeah you just got to keep practicing that over and over and over it's like any skill it takes a while to practice but honestly I've been doing it for probably two three years now and yeah I'm feeling pretty good about my progress and I think if you do it every day or if you find some time you know like 30 minutes a day I think in six months you'll be surprised how good you can get at it and I know maybe we don't all have the time to work on it for 30 minutes a day but one with this quarantine thing going on I think <laughs> you're gonna find yourself with more time than usual and two even if you worked on it, you know, on the weekends, 30 minutes on a weekend, uh, you'll still improve over like the course of the year. And it might be really cool to have like your first drawing, save your first drawing. And then in a year from now, compare that to a drawing after you've practiced for the whole year and you'll see how much better you've gotten. Okay. Now next up is my tip. That's really gonna, this is a killer tip. This is why the people come to the show. This is what's going to make your vector graphics that you learned how to do in quarantine. It's going to take them up to the next level. And this is the idea of having your art follow an aesthetic. Now, I'm sure there's an art major who can like say exactly what aesthetic means. I just kind of chose the word because it sounded like it fitted. I just said fitted, so that <laughs> shows you how much I know about grammar and words and stuff. But... Aesthetic to me is a general term that encompasses a style that feels unique to the game. And a cool aesthetic can improve your beginner art by a lot. So maybe it helps to give you an example of an aesthetic so that you can have an idea of what I mean. If you go into Google and type Vaporwave, that is an example of an aesthetic. It's very like 80s techno and I didn't live during the 80s so... <laughs> I don't know if that really qualifies, but it reminds me of like an 80s arcade. It's got a lot of like deep purples and reds and uh, simple shapes. And yeah, it looks really cool. And it's a super simple, as long as you can get the colors right. The key to that one is getting the colors right. Um, but the shapes are easy to draw. And you could do a whole Vaporwave video game. And I'm sure there exist Vaporwave video games. 
but that can be the one thing that makes your game really stand out. Think about if you're scrolling through the Steam Store page and you see all these cover arts for games and then you see a Vaporwave one, it's just going to it's going to pop right out. So, yeah, you got to find an aesthetic that kind of will work with your game. Maybe consider the theme of your game. For instance, a Vaporwave might not go so great with a like a medieval game, right? Because Vaporwave doesn't really get across the medieval feel. Although, that could be a cool mashup, um, like a v- medieval Vaporwave. I don't know if anyone's ever done that before, and that's a cool mashup on itself. So maybe you can take aesthetics that don't usually fit together, or themes and aesthetics that don't usually fit together, and that's a cool way to have your game stand out. But you should also consider that maybe the reason that that theme and aesthetic hasn't been put together before is because it just doesn't work very well. Although now that I think about it, Vaporwave Medieval sounds pretty sick. So someone steal my idea and go make that. So a good way to come up with other cool aesthetics, or not come up with, but kind of discover, is uh, looking for inspiration in other forms of media, like movies and TV even books, you can kind of get a feeling from books. I know it's not a visual art, but you could maybe read a Stephen King book and then imagine aesthetic, and that might help uh, inspire you to come up with a cool aesthetic. Maybe you'll invent an aesthetic, and you'll be the first one, and that'll be a really big boost for your game. So another good place to get aesthetic ideas is from movies and cartoons. Um, A good example of that is a game called Cuphead. I'm sure a lot of people listening already know what Cuphead is, but if you don't, um, it's like a shooting platformer game, 2D, that came out recently, probably within the last two years. Um, And its inspiration and aesthetic are kind of like old Disney cartoons. And if you haven't seen it before, go look up a clip on YouTube, but it's really cool and it really pops out and there's no other game that has art like that and because of that Cuphead was an an extreme success and um yeah I think that's a really cool example of using an using an aesthetic to uh kind of make your game pop now Cuphead is a pretty advanced art um sort of aesthetic so I don't know if that's realistic if you're just starting to say like, oh, I'm going to use Disney animation from the 1950s as my aesthetic. But there are plenty of aesthetics that are easy to replicate and do. For instance, the Vaporwave one. Um, And I'm sure if you just do a little bit of research, you'll find one that's cool and unique and it's going to work for your game. So at this point in the episode, you're probably realizing that um, basically you can make a video game without art but in order to have art in your video game you're going to have to practice art you're going to have to learn it a little bit but the good news is a little bit of learning art is really not that hard like I said earlier most people already have the art skills to do it and they just you know they don't want to be let down so they downplay their ability to draw but most people can draw good enough to make a game and if you follow my aesthetic tip you might be able to make a game that is actually very visually striking 
And even though you can't draw that well, it's visually striking because it all fits a similar style that's unique to your game and maybe is reminiscent of an 80s arcade. And that might strike a chord with people. But there's plenty of examples of success all around the video game world of drawing that isn't that advanced that most people could do and the games are still both um, successful as games and financially successful. Um, You need not look any further than the games on the App Store to see simply drawn games um, that are both financially successful and fun to play. Um, Just think about all of the box jumping games and roll the ball games and stuff like that. There's nothing really advanced about the art in that games. It's just solid core gameplay. And um, you can see that in other places in the video game stuff too. Maybe mobile games aren't your thing, but the hottest game on Xbox 360, I think it was the most downloaded game from the 360 store. I know I'm kind of going back a generation, but I think it was the most downloaded game on the 360 store was a game called Geometry Wars which was a bullet hell shooter where you controlled a triangle that shot dots at squares and other things. And what it did was it had an art style that was simplistic. It was literally just shapes, um, but it used the aesthetic thing. It kind of had like this neon glow aesthetic that really set it apart. And yeah, it had good core gameplay and the neon glow got people enticed and then the core gameplay got them to stay and Geometry Wars is a great example of a simplistic game that is, well, a simplistically styled art game that was both a financial and fun video game. And lastly, uh, don't count yourself out and don't count out how valuable practice can be. Um, I'm sure everyone here has heard of a game called Stardew Valley. The creator of that uh, basically taught himself pixel art or whatever art style you want to call that. And yeah, he taught himself from square one how to do all that. And that's considered probably one of the best indie games of the last decade to come out. And the developer of that, he goes by Concerned Ape. Um, yeah, he totally taught himself. There's a good article, I can't remember where it is, but if you Google it, you'll find it. He taught himself how to draw video game art, and he just practiced every day for, like, years. And, yeah, I think now he's a millionaire and has one of the best indie games to come out in the last decade. So you can totally teach yourself how to do it, and even if you aren't artistic, you can get to the top with just the good old way of doing it by practicing. So I guess I'll just leave you with the fact that uh, making art is tough. It's going to be tougher for some than others just because art is a innate skill. Some people are just better at it. But I think everyone is capable of making good video game art. And there's no better feeling than when you first get your art into your game and it brings the world that you've created to life. It's my favorite probably step of the making process because it just brings this idea that you've had in your head to life and it's the first step to showing people that idea you had in your head it's the first step to bringing it to other people so yeah i think that's where we're gonna call it for today um if you want to send me a message or talk about anything that i talked about today 
get into contact with me. Um, send me a DM on Twitter. That's at ZFleming31. Or send me an email at cottagestreetinteractive at gmail.com. Um, that's cottagestreetinteractive, all spelled out, at gmail.com. So thanks for tuning in. I've been Zachavelli. Uh, you should put some points in your immune system, and I'll see you guys next week.